Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. This is Merchant Talk by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. An e-commerce merchant in St. Louis launched his business in 2006 after having written the programming code for his own shopping cart. That business, called VAT19.com, sells offbeat gifts, and it has grown to over 300 SKUs and up to 2,000 shipments per day. How have they done it all? Jamie Salvatore, the founder and owner, is here to explain it to us. Well, Jamie, thank you for your time today. Uh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Jamie, tell us about your business, VAT19. When did you launch the business, and how did you get into e-commerce? VAT19 is an online gift store where we specialize in what we deem are curiously awesome products, uh, which is sort of unique gifts. Um, and we got into this, um, I suppose, out of necessity. My background was in running a video production business, and um, that's a, a service-based business, and um, uh, you, you essentially sell time, and that was something that um, there isn't enough of. So um, we decided to try to take our strengths in video production and see how we could... Um, make some money online, so we decided to start um, a website selling um, products online with a big focus on video, and we did this um, sort of starting right around 2006, middle of 2006, 2007, when, you know, YouTube, which we all feel like has been around forever, but it really wasn't. It was launched in 2005, um, when YouTube made it so accessible for there to be video online um, that we sort of really dove in. So uh, roughly how many SKUs since 2006, how many SKUs do you stock in your store now? Uh, we have um, a bit over 300, um, which doesn't probably sound like a lot to uh, a lot of people, but our um, uh, focus or whatever is um, in really trying to do an excellent job of promoting each item uh, in terms of our photography and videography and and explanation. So that takes a little bit of time. So um, we can usually only put up about two new products a week, about 100 a year, and uh, we've been trying to add about 100 a, y a year um, since we started. So we're not it's not really about uh, you know, volume of, of 
product for us versus you know quality of, of presentation and the um, uh, you know sort of success that we've had so far seems to um, indicate that you know we're on the right track. So it's a niche gift business with the with the tag of curiously awesome products, which is which is a great a great tagline there. Give us a, an idea, our listeners, an idea of what type of products that would involve. Just name two or three, two or three good sellers for you that that you have there. Sure. Well, one of our most uh, popular items is our world's largest gummy bear. It's a five pound gummy bear sort of freak of the candy world um, <laughs> that product has been um uh incredibly popular um although we have you know a wide range of 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 items we've got you know toys for kids we got like a ball that can bounce up to 75 feet in the air and you know that product has always been um uh popular um we've got a, a really popular uh tea mug that uh, is constructed so that you can actually keep the the tea bag like on the outside of the mug it, itself. You sort of have to see a picture. So it's it's a wide range of items. Um, you know, usually under about forty dollars a piece, and you know, somewhat unique, but usually um, hopefully provides some sort of function so that we can show that function with uh, with a video. You had indicated to me earlier that the holiday season is a is a really busy time for your business, uh, like many retail businesses. But on average, how many orders would you say you process a day? When it gets really busy around the holidays, it could be anywhere from um, you know one thousand to two thousand orders a day. That leads us into the next question, Jamie, about your business, uh, and that is about the back end of your business. That's a lot of orders, a 1,000 to 2,000 orders a day. How do you manage all this? Could you talk to us about your shopping cart, uh, your order fulfillment process? Let's start with the cart first. What sort of shopping cart do you run on, on your site there, VAT19? It's, um, it's, it's our own shopping cart that um, I happen to write myself. Um, I have a background in, in computer science, so um, I've sort of written all of our shopping cart uh, myself, which, um, you know, in hindsight probably wasn't, you know, the smartest thing in the world to do because sort of like why reinvent the wheel, but it does give us some level of control over certain things that you, you might not find in something that's, um, that's off the shelf, or at least when we started, you probably couldn't have gotten some of the customization that, that we can do. Um, as far as the, you know, the order fulfillment and processing, we actually do all of that here out of our um, warehouse. And um, again, it's it's a custom solution um, that you know we wrote ourselves here. You know, for our accounting, we just use QuickBooks Pro, and we're able to just sort of download um, sort of a batch of orders. Uh, you know, everything that was shipped out that day, we just sort of batch into one invoice into into QuickBooks um, each day. So um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty simple, you know, even with that, that volume of orders, it, it works pretty well. Okay. And I noticed that you have an email newsletter. Do you use a third party email vendor for that or do you do that in house too? Uh, no, we definitely use a vendor for that. We originally tried to do it um, 
ourselves and we you know we made some uh, mistakes when we first started um, with that we originally um, did sort of an ultra thin in email marketing which was we were automatically signing people into our newsletter once they placed a purchase and um, this upset a lot of a lot of people and um, it made it very difficult for our emails to get delivered so about two three years ago we we switched away and we use um, Aweber right now to, to handle our newsletter and that was a good decision because we were getting a decent number of complaints. And you're pleased with Aweber? Uh, yeah, we haven't had any problems um, with them at all. been quite pleased. I think the price is good and the service is, is pretty good. Jamie, it's not every day that we talk to a merchant who writes his own shopping cart. So I know you've got a a, a strong background there. Did you start with uh, a strong computer background? Did you start with any sort of open source software and modify it, or did you just start from scratch and wrote the code for that cart? Um, I just started from scratch and, and wrote the code. Uh, we were you know, like many small businesses trying to, you know, cut costs um, wherever we could. And, you know, programming was just something that I knew how to do. So I just said, you know, this, you know, this can't be that complicated. When we first started, you know, we only had a, uh, a couple items. And, you know, we kept things extremely simple. There was like, you know, there weren't multiple shipping options. There was just, here's the price for shipping. And you know, we kept everything simple. Then as the business grew, I sort of added more and more complexity to it. And, and you know, as well with our order fulfillment, I mean, it used to be very simple and there used to be a, a lot of human involvement to, you know, just to copy and paste addresses on the shipping labels. And, you know, as we got more business, we automated more things. So it's not like I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to write a system that, you know, will rival some of the best e-commerce carts out there. I just wrote what I needed for my business and have just adapted since. Let's shift gears, Jamie, to marketing for a sec. Sure. Uh, how do you get how do you get customers to your site? And I'm referring to SEO or pay per click or any other forms of marketing you do. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest thing in the, in probably the world um, is to you know get those eyeballs to your site. Um, uh, we try to do everything. Yes, we do, um, you know, pay-per-click with all the usual um, people, you know, Google and uh, Microsoft and Yahoo and all that. Um, we do work on uh, SEO. Um, we don't ob- obsess over it um, too much. You don't want to have manic swings of depression or elation because <laughs> you, you moved up one position or moved down one. You just got to sort of, you know, work on that, but, you know, don't obsess over it too much. It'll go crazy. Um, we also, you know, do a lot to try to get customers that we've currently got to come back. You know, repeat business is the most important thing for a small business, so we do everything we can to keep any customer that we do get happy and satisfied. And um, uh, We also do TV advertising, and, you know, even small merchants, you can do um, – TV advertising using um, none other than Google. You know, Google TV ads is an incredible platform for small businesses to get TV commercials um, out there without having to go through an ad agency. You can even 
I feel like I should get like uh, a check from Google here, um, but <laughs> it's an incredible system uh, for being able to, you know, get your ad made and get it put on the air. Um, it's a you know it's a smaller system. You're only on I think it's like Dish Network, but it's still 13 million households and you're able to put an ad up there for, you know, you could run a TV spot for as low as maybe, you know, 50 bucks. So I would encourage a lot of online retailers to look there because most everyone obsesses over their Google uh, AdWords and their pay-per-click. But, you know, if you go on TV, you're going to be where your competitors probably aren't. How can you track that or do you attempt to track it? I think Google has some uh, ability. If, if you put in a one eight hundred number on the TV spot, they can uh, track that somehow. But what we do is, at the end of our uh, order process, we ask people how they found out about us. And before we put that in, I was concerned that people wouldn't want to answer the question. But it's one small question. We have like five options, and we found that about eighty five percent of our um, customers answer that question. And so we can see, okay. X percent of our sales are coming from people that have seen our, uh, uh, you know, ad, you know, on TV. It's not this, you know, you're not going to get the same level of detail as your, um, uh, as your pay-per-click, but just like you would expect with Google, I mean, you can start and stop your ads whenever you want. You, you upload your ad right from your computer. It's a pretty cool system that really... Because um, I used to do TV advertising a long time ago through ad agencies and the you know and the cable companies, and this is just you know just blows that away. Well, interesting. Do you manage SEO and pay per click yourself there in house, or do you outsource that management? Uh, we do that here in house. Yeah, good. Looking back, Jamie, over your business since you've launched four years now, tell us about some decisions that 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 you've made that you've made right and then if you're like a lot of us decisions that you wish you would have done differently <laughs> yeah well i think there's a lot more that things <laughs> that i probably should have done um differently you know i feel like and a lot of those things is well i should have started x y or z earlier you know i feel like i should have started um doing the type of tv advertising that we're doing now i, I should have done that um earlier I feel like I shouldn't have been obsessing so much over search engine rankings and our um, pay-per-click as much as um, as I used to a lot of time, and and maybe you know sweating went on over that 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 shouldn't have. You know, I wish I would have started our Facebook fan page uh, earlier. Uh, the number one thing I probably wish I would have done was putting all of my videos on YouTube earlier. We used to host the videos ourselves for. a about a year and a half or so, and boy, I wish I would have posted all that stuff on YouTube the day we started. Looks to me like you've made far more correct decisions, Jamie, than than otherwise. <laughs> well, if you saw yeah. the list of our retired products on our site, you see a whole bunch of items that I shouldn't have purchased. <laughs> Many of our listeners, or most of our listeners, are smaller e-commerce merchants, and their businesses are smaller than yours. Jamie, what advice would you offer them as they're perhaps just entering e-commerce or they're trying to decide which direction to go with e-commerce? Do you have anything to say to them? Um, well, I wouldn't give up. Um, you know, it's usually whenever you're doing something and it seems like it's the worst and it's all downhill, 
keep going. Usually things turn around all of a sudden uh, pretty quickly. The other small piece of advice I would give is to not get too attached to to any one uh, thing. You know, you can get obsessed over trying to get a particular, you know, pay-per-click campaign to work. It's like, hey, if that's not working, just pause this thing um, and move on to something else. As other people have said, you know, you got to uh, pull the weeds and water the flowers. It's just, you know, be quick to pull those weeds and just move away from something that isn't working and isn't making you money and work on the things that, that are. So get rid of those distractions. If you're if your company blog, no one's reading and is sort of, you know, just shut it down. You don't have to have a blog. You know, you don't have, if you're an online site, you don't have to have one just because people say you should. Mm-hmm. If it's not giving you any benefit, shut the thing down and spend the time working on something else. That's great advice. Well, the other thing that I, you know, remember being fairly obsessed about for a while was, you know, the conversion rate on our website and trying to measure up to other websites, well, you know, well, should the conversion rate, you know, be on my website? And I think that's something that people get obsessed about, that you that you shouldn't. All that, you know, matters really is how many orders are you getting, and, and it's a relative thing. Make changes to your website, test them, and does your conversion rate go up or down? Uh, you know, Amazon probably has a conversion rate of, you know, 10, 12, 14%. Don't make your website look like Amazon's because because of that. You know their conversion rate is huge because they sell everything on the face of the planet and everybody knows them. Um, mm-hmm. But your site, all that matters is okay. Well, the change you just made, you know, over the last month or so, has that helped or hurt your conversion rate? But being obsessed over the actual number is kind of who cares? Actually, the only number that matters, really, I guess, is how much money you got in your bank account. Mm-hmm. You have enough to pay the bills. Well, for purposes of our audience, we've been visiting with Jamie Salvatore. Jamie is the owner and founder of a very interesting e-commerce site called Fat19. That's V as in Victor, A as in Apple, T as in Tom, the number one and the number nine. Fat19.com. And Jamie Salvatore, we want to thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you so much, Kerry. I enjoyed it. Thank you.